This is Bigger Pockets Daily, the no excuses everyday audio version of the world's number one real estate blog. I'm Tyler, and each day I read you short, digestible articles from biggerpockets.com. You can scroll through the catalog and see which titles catch your eye, or just make this a part of your daily ritual. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hands down, these are the five hardest aspects of being a landlord by G. Brian Davis. People love to hate landlords, but the simple fact is that landlords provide a needed service, perhaps the most needed amenity of all. My partner and I have recently explored flipping raw land. One of the greatest temptations We don't have to hassle with all the anti-landlord regulations and restrictions raging throughout the U.S. right now. Flipping land is profitable and free from regulatory headaches or entitled tenants. Yet flipping land is effectively pushing paper with no larger societal benefit, while landlords get vilified even as they provide a crucial service. Vilification aside, landlords face other real challenges that most novice investors fail to grasp. If you're thinking about becoming a landlord, keep the following in mind as the hardest aspects of being a landlord. Turnovers, where 90% of the labor and costs lie. The overwhelming majority of the work and expenses involved in owning rental properties comes during turnovers. It starts with walking through the unit with the outgoing tenant to determine if they caused any damage that should be deducted from their security deposit. You have to send them a detailed invoice, breaking down all security deposit deductions. Then comes repainting, recarpeting, and other property updates, followed by advertising the vacant unit. 
and then open houses, showing the unit, collecting rental applications, and screening tenants. This includes pulling background checks, contacting references and prior landlords, and verifying income and employment. Fail to screen applicants well, and you end up with bad tenants. More on them shortly. After going through all that, you have to collect the security deposit and initial rent, sign a lease agreement with all legally required disclosures, and come full circle by walking through the unit with the new tenants for a move-in condition inspection. <sighs> Oof. It's enough to make you reconsider buying REITs and ETFs instead of putzing around with brick-and-mortar investments. Chasing down non-paying tenants. There's nothing worse than chasing down deadbeat tenants who haven't the slightest interest in paying their rent on time. They may eventually pay some back rent to prevent you from completing an eviction. And then you go back to square one, sending notices, calling them, cajoling, bribing, threatening, and eventually filing in court again. Round and round you go. Word to the wise, avoid this cycle through aggressive tenant screening. In my experience, there are actually two types of people when it comes to fiscal responsibility. Some people take their bills extremely seriously as a matter of personal honor and would be mortified to miss one. Others never saw a bill they wanted to pay on time in their life. And you can tell the difference instantly by looking at their payment history on their credit report. And yes, stuff happens in life. And people occasionally experience a true crisis like a job loss or divorce but you can still read it clear as day in their payment history as a sudden stretch of late payments followed by a return to on-time monthly payments. Isolated blips serve as outliers, the exception that proves the rule that it takes a true crisis to force fundamentally responsible people to fall behind on payments. People who regularly miss payments, however, are another breed entirely. High-maintenance and high-impact tenants some tenants pay their rent on time but treat you, the neighbors, and or your property badly. They call at 3 a.m., complaining that a light bulb went out. They blare their music or TVs late at night, driving the neighbors crazy. Perhaps they leave their dog droppings all over the communal grounds or their neighbors' lawns. Or maybe they abuse your property, clogging the plumbing with flushed tampons, then demanding that you pay for fixing it. Scratching up the hardwood floors, spilling wine on the walls and floors. Others are just downright dirty, letting dishes and crust-strewn pizza boxes pile up, roll out the welcome mat for the cockroaches while you're at it. Some people are just plain disrespectful. Avoid them at all costs as a landlord. But beware that occasionally they may slip through your screening. Managing contractors, repairs, and maintenance. Rental properties are physical, real-world structures, and as such, they require maintenance and repairs. New landlords all too often underestimate these maintenance costs, or even ignore them entirely in their cash flow forecasts. Then, they wonder why they lose money year after year. Even though these costs don't hit you every month, it doesn't make them less inevitable. From roofing repairs to flooded basements, dishwashers to dryers, everything that can go wrong in your rentals does. Sooner or later, every component needs replacing or repairing. This wouldn't be so bad if your brother-in-law happened to be an expert handyman, happy to drop what he's doing at a moment's notice to help you out at reasonable rates. Alas, that doesn't happen in real life. In the real world, managing contractors feels awfully similar to herding cats. To begin with, 
It's hard to find reliable, experienced contractors and handymen who charge reasonable pricing. Make no mistake, there are professional contractors who show up on time for appointments and know their work well, and they charge a fortune. Why? Because they can. Because their competitors show up a half hour late, if at all, with no phone call to let you know. They fall behind on projects, go over budget, spring surprise expenses on you halfway through projects. When we teach real estate investing, we warn that managing contractors is one of the hardest parts of being a landlord and investor. It takes an enormous amount of time and effort to painstakingly screen, hire, and manage contractors. Over time, through often expensive trial and error, you gradually build a network of good, affordable contractors. But it doesn't happen overnight, and you can expect plenty of strife along the way. Regulation and an antagonistic public. When I hear shrill housing activists demand greater anti-landlord regulation, I fantasize about offering them a deal. They can buy and manage my properties in low-income neighborhoods, and if they still believe those regulations are fair after a year walking in a landlord's shoes, then they can implement them without any objection from me. Of course, that's not how democracy works. Anti-landlord activists will never own rental properties, never provide rental housing to the public. Yet they drum up support for ever-heightened regulation because there are far more tenants than landlords. Besides, the rent is too damn high makes for an easier rallying cry than don't alienate landlords or else middle-class people will stop investing in rentals and you'll be left with nothing but faceless corporate landlords. I no longer invest in cities or states with regulation that favors tenants. I no longer invest in low-income neighborhoods. And regulation like the CDC's eviction ban are leading me to change my investing plans long after 2020. Final thoughts. Given the challenges that landlords face, it's no wonder so many tired landlords sell off their leased properties and move their money to truly passive investments like stocks, REITs, private notes, and private equity funds. I worry that ever-increasing regulation will drive away middle-class landlords. I've seen it happen in Baltimore City, where well-meaning investors get burned and sell out to either slum lords or corporate landlords who know how to squeeze money out of even highly regulated markets. One friend of mine there sold off all his urban properties and now buys exclusively in the suburbs of the surrounding county, which imposes less regulation. Another colleague stopped buying rentals entirely after selling off his portfolio for a loss. I don't want to live in a world dominated by corporate landlords. Do you? All right. Thanks for making this show a part of your hump day. You know what else happens every Wednesday? Bigger Pockets webinars. They're live and free. You can register at biggerpockets.com slash webinar. Plus, if you're a pro member you get unlimited webinar replays. What are your plans tomorrow? Hopefully, they include another episode of Bigger Pockets Daily. See you then.